sanctify this place as you cleanse this place with the blood of the Lamb that no evil will prosper no evil will even come in that the demons will flee at the name of Jesus Christ Lord Saviour bow before you, Holy Spirit, Spirit of truth. Be revealed here today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Oh, our God is amazing. He is amazing, God. I'm I'm taking communion this morning. And do you know what it's about? The cleansing of the blood. And all our songs have been nearly about the cleansing of the blood of the Lamb. I'm amazed at God. He always brings comfort and reassurance when we need it. Amen. I'd like to thank Lucy. Lucy, where are you? I'm thanking you, Lucy, for last week's communion message. She was not here. Um, She was not here when I took the communion a few weeks ago when the others were in Canberra. However, I was suitably impressed when Lucy used the same scripture regarding the manner in which we take communion. I used Corinthians 11. I'm not sure which one she used. And I felt it was a, such a confirmation to us 
continue to be discerning and honest when taking communion so that we don't bring judgment on ourselves. Remember I said that we don't hear this portion of Scripture very often in communion? Fancy Lucy bringing that, and she wasn't even here to know what I said. So I really felt it was such a confirmation. But this morning, you know me, i got to do something a bit different. I realise that some of you don't know much about me. Some of you do, and some of this little testimony I'm going to give you now, um, you will have heard. Some of you will have heard, but there are a lot in here that haven't heard. And I come up here and give those crazy outlandish prophetic words sometimes. And I thought, oh, it'd be good for them to know that it just doesn't come from somewhere. It comes from the Lord. And, and so I thought today I would just share with you a little testimony that happened a long time ago, but it was the start of a great reformation, a great change in myself and those around me. So it was back in, I just want to recall this a little bit because it was back in 1989. I'd raised four children with my husband and they were all off to school. So I said to the Lord, what do you want me to do this year? Do you want me to go to work like every other mother does when their children go to school? And he said, no, you and I are going to get together and sort out a few things. And that's exactly what we did. So in, um, I was about 38 years of age and I needed to get something right. I couldn't say I love you to anyone except my own children and my God. But to my husband, I even found it difficult to say I love you. I had to, he used to tell me and then I would reply, but it never came out. And I said, there's something wrong, Lord. There's something very wrong here. And so do you know what he, we did? I sat down and decided to spend my mornings waiting on God and sitting with Him. And He took me to the book of Isaiah. Oh my, what an amazing book. What an amazing man Isaiah was. So prophetic, so wonderful. And we sat for a whole year, one whole year, nearly every morning, if I wasn't having to go out, we sat for hours. And back in those days, journaling was in vogue. We were all learning how to journal. And if anybody doesn't know what journaling means, it means that when you sit down and uh, you talk to the Lord about whatever passage you're speaking on, you ask Him, can you show me? something about that particular scripture. So that's exactly what happened and you would write it down. And then this amazing love language would happen between you and God. And I have to tell you, it was a pivotal time in my life, absolutely pivotal. And I believe that it's pivotal for some of your lives as well. You're only just beginning, some of you, on the life of discipleship. But I tell you that it's worth it. And do you know the amount of desire to change and to be changed 
God will meet if you are very, and some of you know that already, don't you, Lucas? And don't you? Yes, I can tell already. And if you're really serious about what you're wanting to be reformed and changed, God is going to honour it. I'm just talking about that particular incident in my life. Next time I take communion, maybe I'll talk about the rest. But he led me into a most fulfilling and amazing life. And it was from that one year of spending alone with him that something remarkable happened. And I can say I love you. I could say it to every one of you without any hesitation from that year on. And I just want to give the praise and the glory to God for that. What an amazing thing. The power of His blood is amazing. I I haven't even looked at my notes. How amazing is that? I do tell you what, how it happened during that year, though. I must tell you that. Because I was sitting with the Lord at the same time. I was um, introduced to a Christian counsellor. Her name was Janine Marchand, very experienced woman of God. And we were just friends for a start. But anyway, I told her about what I was doing this year. And she, this is what's so amazing about God. She, did every, she was an American, out there American. And anyway, it was easy for her to say, every time we meet, I love you. That's how it all began. And very soon when she said, I love you, wasn't many months before I realized, I can say that back. And I had to say it back for the healing to take place and it happened because I can tell you that God was up to something. He was really up to having me totally changed by saying that. It didn't happen through my husband saying it to me. It had to happen through a woman because my mother abandoned me when I was seven and the rest of our family, four children, and my daddy looked after us. He was a good dad, but later on we realised You know that things, it's not usually just one thing. My dad was a Freemason and my grandfather was a great grandmaster of the South Pacific in New Zealand, communicating with the kings in in London. So I had to deal with something else later on and I'll tell you about that one day. And do you know who it came through, the dealing? It was in 19... 90, round about the 90s. Our friend that comes to this church, can you believe it? Di Pierce took us through that. That was our first deliverance sessions from our ancestry to do with Freemasonry and things like that. I know it affected me because my first baby died. And do you know Freemasonry spirit takes away the first baby? You know that Freemasonry is in your line when that happens. So that is just a little tiny portion of my life. So I'm going to take you into Hebrews 9, and we're going to read that. Just a minute, let me find it. Whoops, is this going to fall off? Thank you. 
Christ came as high priest of good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands that is not of his creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? How much more? Yes, the Jews had something, but Jesus gave us much more. Praise the Lord about that. So as we take this communion, I know some of you have already done that. You learned from last time when I was speaking to you to come up and just take communion when you like. So Father, I just thank you for this time when we can remember what you did for us, Lord. You are an amazing God. And you, we're not called refinery life for nothing, Lord. You're here to refine us and to make us more like you and to empower us that we might be the warriors of God that He needs in these last days. So Father, we ask for Your blessing to be upon us as we take communion now. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Caroline. And thank you for sharing from your life. It's so encouraging in this church we need to hear from everyone. Everyone has a story. Everyone has a testimony. And we're so grateful that the Lord has brought each and every one of you into this house for a reason, for a purpose. He is truly raising up an end time army of disciples who will not shy away from the call of God on their life. So may God bless each one of you. And now we just have a couple of announcements before I introduce Pastor Gary to bring the Word today. First of all, we'd like to let everyone know that there will be uh, baptisms again next Sunday morning uh, here in the canal. And uh, a couple of people will be getting baptised and there may be others here that, yes, Margie and John are going to be baptised. And maybe God is calling you to be baptised. So if you would like to be baptised again, please come and have, let me know and we will organise that. Now, um, I'd just like to invite uh, a couple of people that were baptised last time to come forward and receive their certificate. Um, Michael and Sophia, if you can please come up and I'd like to give you your certificate. Praise the Lord. Changed lives. There were three others that day as well, and uh, I'll be taking their certificates up to Brisbane this afternoon because these ones, uh, they were Noah, uh, Nico Lee, and it was also uh, John Kurt. 
that were baptised last time. So we'll be taking their certificates up to Brisbane and presenting them in the Brisbane meeting this afternoon. Awesome. Now our second announcement is next Saturday morning, we will be holding a prophetic dance and flag workshop here at Broad Beach. We are so excited that we have Sister Sita here. She is a wonderful anointed prophetic dancer and I have asked her to come along and train us because this is a worshipping church and worship is, is our voices, is our movements. There's so much uh, prophetic as well in, in worship. Um, the colours and things that, that we use with the flags, the declarations that we make. So this is something that we're offering to men and women. Because men, when you raise the banner or raise the flag, you are proclaiming in the heavens something. So wouldn't you like to know what that is? So please come along. There's no cost, um, but it will be here. 10 a.m. till 12 midday. There'll be some time of teaching and then there will be some time of practical as well. Everyone who's part of this church is invited to come and learn so that we can praise the Lord together, be fully involved, you know, with how we want to express our praise and worship to God. It's good, huh? The last announcement, just a reminder, uh, is that... Tuesday fortnightly, we have our discipleship training. There's two things going on at the same time. One is for the more mature in age saints, so the over 30s, I guess. And it's Keys to the Kingdom, teaching that has been produced by Reverend Neville Johnson. He's now passed away, but we are are teaching this material uh, in Southport. And if you would like to come along, please, uh, please do. Please let us know. Uh, we're all about making disciple makers so that you yourselves, when, when the time is right, can have people in your own homes and you will know the material to start with and to, to disciple them with. And of course, simultaneously is the Joel 2 Army, the young people, they meet the same night. Now, they're all away today because they're preparing for uh, the, the meeting this afternoon up in Brisbane. They're all serving in that, so we're missing... 10 people, but that's all right. <laughs> and uh, that's about it, I think. Pastor Gary, I'd like to invite you to come now and bring the word. Hallelujah. Good morning, church. It's good to see some new faces and some older ones. Wendy's back from America. Hallelujah. We were praying for you, Wendy. We were praying for you. And Carolyn. I love you. And I love that when I have a word and you use the same books from the Bible as I do, I know I'm on to something. So hallelujah. So church, as we know, Will Graham's coming to Australia next year. We have a speaker that's buzzing. I'm just going to, I'm assuming it's going to be this one. Bear with me. Nope, that's not even turned off. Can we mute the other mics other than mine, please? My ADHD is not going to like it very much. Will Graham's coming to Australia next year, 29th of June. So we have some little invite cards. 
got about 14,000 of them in my office, so let me know if you need some more. But let me encourage you, take at least one and give it to a friend. This is a free event. Billy Graham Association is paying for this event. It's going to be at the convention centre, just across here. They won't even take up an offering on the night. So we're encouraging everyone to bring a friend who isn't saved. Even bring your backslidden Christian friends because they might actually get saved on the night. So I think there'll be, Pastor Amanda's got some somewhere. But before I start the message, during worship, the Lord said to me, and I hope this doesn't offend people, but it might, it's coming with love. Read Isaiah 1. <laughs> I get a little bit excited when Carolyn mentioned the Lord said to read Isaiah. So I'm going to read Isaiah 1 from verse 2 down to 20. Because this is exactly what we're seeing at the moment. Perhaps it's a guitar or something. Can we... There's no one around. I'll do it myself if I have to. Verse 2 says, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. That's fantastic. Whatever that was, was the problem. Did everyone, whoever's on our Telegram group would have got my message yesterday and I didn't know why the Lord was saying, listen to the word. Here it is. The Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up sons and have made them great and exalted, but they have rebelled against me and broken away from me. The ox instinctively knows his owner and the donkey his master's crib, but Israel, or we could say, not that I'm into replacement theology, but we could say the church, but Israel does not know or recognise me as Lord. My people do not consider or understand. Look at yourself as I'm saying this. Ah, sinful nation, a people loaded with inequity, offspring of evildoers, sons who deal corruptly. They have forsaken the Lord and they have despised and shown contempt and provoked the Holy One of Israel to anger. They have become utterly estranged, alienated. You know, yes, I'm going to keep reading. You know, yesterday there was a pro-Palestine protest blocking the streets in Southport, mostly young white women, how do you think they would go in Gaza right now? Some of them may even have been Christians, supposedly. Why would you be stricken and punished anymore since it brings no correction? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick. The whole heart is faint. Feeble, sick and nauseated. From the sole of the foot even to the head, there is no soundness or health in the nation's body. We could probably say that within this nation, couldn't we? but wounds and bruises and fresh and bleeding stripes. They have not been pressed out and closed up or bound up or softened with oil. No one is troubled to seek remedy. Because of your detestable disobedience, your country lies desolate. Your cities are burned with fire, your land. Strangers devour it in your, in your very presence and it is desolate as overthrown by aliens. And the daughter of Zion, Jerusalem, is left like a deserted booth in a vineyard, like a lodge in a garden of cucumbers, like a besieged city, spared, but in the midst of desolation. Except the Lord of hosts had left us a very small remnant of survivors. Are we not the remnant, church? We should have been like Sodom. We should have been like Gomorrah. Hear, O Jerusalem, the word of the Lord. 
you rulers or judges of another Sodom, give ear to the law and the teaching of our God, you people of another Gomorrah. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices to me? Now, this is where we need to listen. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices to me unless they are the offering of the heart, says the Lord. I've had enough of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts without obedience. And I do not delight in the blood of bulls or lambs or he goats without righteousness. But when you come to appear before me, he who requires of you what your unholy feet trample, my courts. Are our unholy feet trampling his courts? Bring no more offerings of vanity, emptiness, falsity, vainglory or futility. Your hollow offering of incense is an abomination to me. The new moons and Sabbaths are calling and the calling of assemblies I cannot endure. It is iniquity and profanation, even the solemn meeting. Your new moon festivals and your hypocritical appointed feast my soul hates. This is God speaking. They are an oppressive burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. And when you spread forth your hands in prayer, imploring help, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do right, seek justice, relieve the oppressed and correct the oppressor. Defend the fatherless, plead for the widow. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Hallelujah to that. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat of the good land. But if you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. I'm just being obedient. I wouldn't normally read 20 scriptures before I start preaching. But when the Lord says to do it, there's a reason for it. The focus for the last few Sundays has been the Holy Spirit and how we recognise him. I'm pretty sure that Isaiah recognised the voice of God in those scriptures. And it's also been about how we respond to him. If the, word, if the Lord has told me to read that this morning, there has to be a response. The theme that we're working through is recognising and responding to the gift of the Holy Spirit. And today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit invites you. I believe there are so many people who confess to be believers and filled with the Holy Spirit that actually aren't. They're filled with a spirit, but it's not the Holy Spirit because you can see from the fruit in their lives that that's not the direction they're heading. But before I start preaching, let's pray for our offering this morning. We have offering boxes at the front. There should be some cards or some envelopes on the chairs. Remember, if, you're, if, if your offering isn't coming with a happy heart, 
and in righteousness, don't bother doing it. The Lord just gave us a warning. For those who don't tithe and do offerings, that's okay, but the warning's actually for you as well. Heavenly Father, we thank you for offering us the gift of eternal life through your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for offering us the gift of your living presence in the Holy Spirit, and he's here today, I can feel it. We have the cloud of witnesses here with us today. Hallelujah. Thank you for the gift of membership in your family through the church. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, that you give us to serve you and to minister your name into our world. Bless these tithes and offerings today that they might be used to exalt your name and minister to the needs of a needy world just outside these doors. And it's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray this morning. Amen. Amen. The offering boxes are at the front if you want to, if you want to sow. You know, I was absolutely disgusted yesterday when I, I saw these young people blocking the streets in Southport to protest and shouting from the river to the sea, shouting for genocide. That's what they're doing. That's what it means. They want every Jew wiped out. And you know who they come after after the Jews? The Christians. I was absolutely disgusted. So I offered them some support by blowing the shofar for the whole time they were out there. <laughs> and then I contemplated, spoke to Pastor Amanda, should I grab my tikit and go over in the park where they're all hanging out? And you know, if I wasn't working with Billy Graham Association, I probably would have been there. But it's not for the pastor to be inciting violence, is it? We can't be doing that. We need to be showing love. At the same time as that's happening, I'm reading online that there's three porn stars approaching children at schoolies, female porn stars approaching young men who have just left school at schoolies. What is wrong with our city when that is the headline? It's time we wake up, church. What are we going to do about it? We're going to pray. That's right. Hallelujah. <laughs> Get your pitchforks out. The text I'm going to concentrate on today is Revelation 22.17. Should be able to get that up on the screen, Pastor Amanda, please. Revelation 22.17 says, And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. And let him who thirsts, Come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. We should come to church of a morning saying, come. We should be hearing. We should be thirsty when we get here. Not for a cup of tea or a drink of water. We should be thirsty for the word. Whoever desires, let him come and take the water of life freely. The scriptures we're going to work through are Hebrews, Carolyn. 
Hebrews 3, 7 to 11. Talks about being faithful. Verse 7 says, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you will hear His voice. It doesn't say when you will hear His voice. It says, if. I can assure you He's speaking to all of us. But if we will hear His voice is the question. Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, in the day of trial in the wilderness. I've been rebellious. I've been in the wilderness. I thought it was fun, but it actually wasn't. Verse 9, where your fathers tested me and tried me. Who's tested God? Come on, I know more of you have. And saw my works for 40 years. 40 years they wandered the wilderness because they tested God. Therefore, we've been there. It's not a 40-year walk, I can tell you. Therefore, I was angry with that generation. Mm. and said they always go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. Do you think some of our current generation are in that same boat, wandering around that same desert, going around that same mountain? Verse 11, So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Brother Sadhu in February preached in this very church, go on to perfection. Dr. Bruce Allen, just a couple of months ago, was preaching a similar message, wasn't he? I asked the question before we went to Canada with Bishop Dan Belize. I'm crossing into the promised land. Who's coming with me? Are we going to cross over or are we going to stay in the wilderness? Because the wilderness is not very nice. And I can assure you, what we think is a war in Israel at the moment, the war hasn't started. Wait until Hezbollah gets involved. We have seen nothing yet. So humankind's greatest need is to know God through faith in Jesus Christ. Can we agree on that this morning? The greatest need we have is to know God through Jesus. It's not to build another homeless shelter, although that's a good thing. It's not to you know, influence people to do something they don't want to do. It's to know God through Jesus. And because our deepest need is spiritual, God sent His Son to die on a cross for us. To show His love for us. Like Carolyn said, she could say that she loved God, but she couldn't say it to others. Couldn't say it to her husband. But Jesus come to show his love for us on that cross and to conquer death that he might demonstrate to us the reality of eternal life. Have you notice most Catholics wear a cross and Jesus is still hanging on it? Notice the one I wear? He's not where to be seen. I wear this as a talking point when people pull me up in the street. Following this great redemptive activity by Jesus, God sent the Holy Spirit to the church. First to the church and into the world to invite non-believers to come to Jesus Christ through faith that they might receive the gift of eternal life 
and become the children and the servants of God. We are supposed to be bondservants. A bondservant is an indentured slave. That is what we are called to be. When the master speaks, we jump. In fact, we should be that good at being servants of God. He doesn't need to speak to us before we jump. We're already doing it. If you're still a non-believer, I'm talking to maybe some people in here, but definitely some people watching online, you may be shocked to learn that the Holy Spirit of God is in the world today. Too many of us as believers are waiting around for him to turn up, but he's here. Our Bible tells us that he's already within us the day that we are saved. And he's inviting us to become believers in Jesus. I can tell you something I've seen over the last year is many people who say they're believers really aren't. There is so much anti-Semitism in the churches, within ministries. They can't be believers. They can't be. But sometimes we let the goats mix in with the sheep, right? The Bible tells us not to pull the tares out in case we pull the weed out at the same time. Anyone who's more interested in social justice than Jesus and calls themselves a church is on the wrong path. That will get me into trouble this week, I can assure you. The words of our text declare the purpose of the church and of the Holy Spirit is to invite us to come to know Jesus because he is the fountain of living waters. He is it. There is no other way to heaven There's no other way to the Father except through Jesus. He alone quenches the thirst of our soul. I can tell you from experience of 20 years of alcohol and cocaine and a few other things. They don't fill the hole. Of buying things I didn't need, they don't fill the hole. And then when on the third attempt to hang myself, I sit in the gutter and cry out to the Lord, why won't you let me do this? And he says, I've got a plan and a purpose for you, Gary. He called me by name. That quenched the thirst straight away. Here I was thinking life was going to get better straight away. But we know it doesn't, right? Only Jesus the fountain of living water could quench that thirst. Our scripture reading urges us to listen attentively and responsively to the the Holy Spirit of God as he speaks to our innermost being. We've got to start listening, church. Maybe we need to stop turning the news off, start turning the news on, just don't even listen to it. Get off Facebook. Get off Instagram. I don't know whatever it is for you, but we need to start listening to the Holy Spirit. Jesus, in the closing days of his ministry, detailed some things for us, some activities of the Holy Spirit who would come on the day of Pentecost. Do you wonder why so many thousand people were added to the church that day? Because they knew and they were listening and they were ready They knew what was going to happen. 
One of the primary functions of the Holy Spirit is to bear testimony to people's consciences regarding who Jesus Christ is and what he came to do. You ever had those thoughts of you, you might do something a little bit naughty and all of a sudden you, you stopped and you get a bit nervous and you know it's the Holy Spirit saying, <laughs> don't go down that path. We had it when we were in South Africa a few years ago, five years ago. When we were in South Africa, we were told, when you're driving around at night, do not stop at a red light. We're in the poorest province. We're in Port Elizabeth. Do not stop at a red light. Go straight through it. If you run over someone, don't worry about it. Go to the police station. But we pulled into a shopping centre car park and Pastor Amanda will testify to this. We'd been there for two months. Hadn't had any issues. Pulled into a shopping centre car park and we, we both felt the Lord say, get out of here. I don't know what happened, but we just didn't even turn the car off. We just straight away. He was warning us that something was going to happen. South Africa is a beautiful country, but incredibly violent. Can't believe that our country wanted to vote in the same sort of laws here just recently. So our first point today is we need to listen to the Holy Spirit because of His divine person. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's more than just an influence. The Holy Spirit's more than just a power like magnetism or electricity or gravity. He's more than that. The Holy Spirit's the divine person of God. He is the divine person of God. He uses various means of communication with you. He uses the scriptures. Like this morning. Open it up to Isaiah 1 and read from verse 2 to 20 to the church. He communicates with us through the scriptures. He uses the church as a communicator. Sadly, the church as a whole worldwide has been deaf and dumb for the last probably 20 years, maybe more. It preaches a wishy-washy, greasy grace message. And greasy grace will lead you on that slippery slope right to hell. God is not changing His ways for us. We need to change our ways for Him. The Holy Spirit uses individual believers as His spokespeople. We are blessed as a church that... We have many prophets in this place. That's one of the reasons we remain a small church because people don't get away with anything. They can tell us they're filled with the Spirit. They can say, thus says the Lord. But I can almost guarantee there'll be half a dozen prophets say, well, the Lord didn't tell me that. What spirit are you listening to? I'm not having a go at anyone in particular, but we are blessed as a church. The Holy Spirit uses the events of life to interrupt our thoughts and to speak to you if you have ears to listen. You ever been going about your daily business and something just stops you in your tracks and the Holy Spirit says, go that way, go pray for that person, go and do that, whatever it might be. He uses everyday life. Sometimes we argue with him a little bit, don't we? But Lord, I was, I was going out for lunch. 
He says, no. But I want to, no, go and do this instead. It always works out for the best. His plans for us are much better than our plans. His ways are much higher than ours. Hallelujah. Second thing is that we need to listen to the Holy Spirit because of His divine purpose for speaking. You've heard me say it a few times and you heard Dr. Bruce Allen say it. Speak when spoken through. Don't just talk for the sake of it. Speak when spoken through. I met a young man a few weeks ago. He's working for Billy Graham Association. He's from New Zealand. He's 25 years old, I think. And I'm watching him. And James doesn't say much. Actually, he was in church about three weeks ago. James doesn't say much. He listens. He watches what's going on around him. But when he speaks, you know he's been directed by God. That's what we need to be like. Don't just speak for the sake of it. He speaks to those of you who are unsaved as well. Does anyone remember when they were unsaved and the Holy Spirit actually spoke to them? He comes to convince us that we, that the sin of unbelief, I'm talking to the churches here as well, the sin of unbelief is the sin that separates man from God. When we pray for someone, do we, do we believe he's going to do something? Or do we just pray because that's what we've been taught to do? I will not pray for someone unless I have an absolute expectation that the Lord's going to move. Otherwise, it's just useless words, isn't it? And therefore, I would be committing the sin of unbelief because I wouldn't be believing that God was going to do something. If He tells me to pray, I pray. If He tells me to read 20 verses out of the Bible and everyone looks at me going, oh, 20 verses. I'm going to do it anyway because God said. The Holy Spirit alone can convince us of our sinfulness and of our need to cease rejecting God's love and stop and our need to stop rejecting his claims. How many of us in the past have said, Lord, I'm not worthy. Why are you loving me? No one, awesome. Maybe it's just me, Pastor Amanda. How many of us have rejected his claims? Who believes that we can actually raise the dead? Because the, my Bible says that we can do greater things than he did. And he raised the dead. So can't we do that? Who? <laughs> Let me step back to that controversial topic that made people leave the church. Who believes that we can translocate? Come on. I know there's people here today that do it. Regularly. I shared my experience from a couple of weeks ago where I was in Jerusalem. I was in Israel looking at the wall that separates Israel and Gaza. If it's in the Bible, people, we can do it. We've got to start believing what this book says. I don't care what translation you read. Actually, there's a couple I'd recommend not reading, but I really don't care what translation you read. They all should say much the same thing. 
That's why on a Tuesday night, when you come to our group, those that come will notice that I will get people to read from two or three different versions. They all say the same thing, but we all hear them a little bit differently. That's why it took two and a half hours to do the introduction of the last little bit we did. The Holy Spirit does not come. Let's put not in bold and underlined in really big letters. The Holy Spirit does not come to convict you and convince you of your unsaved and lost condition. He does not do that. He comes to save you. Because you, you know that we can't get people saved. We can lead them. We can guide them. But the Holy Spirit does it. I'm so sick and tired of hearing from evangelists that I had a thousand people saved last month. Rubbish, you got none. The Holy Spirit did it. When Will Graham comes to that building across the canal there, he will preach a very simple gospel. That word will convict people. We will see a couple of thousand or more saved in one night. And he won't claim any of the glory, I can assure you. The Holy Spirit does not come to make us feel negative about ourselves, And he doesn't come so we experience inward misery and depression. That's not what he does. If someone is preaching that spirit over you, it is not the Holy Spirit. Walk away from them. 2 John 9 through to 12 says, do not entertain them. Do not give them encouragement. Do not even let them into your house. Otherwise you suffer the same as they do. That's why we are very selective who stands behind this pulpit. We made a mistake earlier in the year and I apologise for that, for those that you remember, that it will never happen again. The Holy Spirit does come though to convert us from our unbelief to belief. He does come to convert us from rejection to acceptance. Not acceptance by the world. Acceptance from God. Only the Holy Spirit can take an x-ray of our hearts and our souls and reveal to us our lost condition. All He does is show us the mirror and we see our lost condition in that. There's no condemnation in that. He does this so that he might attract and persuade us to receive Jesus as our Lord and Saviour. It's time, honey Patty, it's time that we are out there walking the streets. Margie, it's time that we are out there walking the streets. I know I've asked several people in this church to just hold back for a few months, just hold back. But it's time. It's time for us to get out there. Now, we don't need evangelists in the church. You will never see an evangelist at this pulpit, I can assure you that. We need them out there. Why would we evangelise people who say they're already saved? We need them out there. The church is not for the lost. The church is for the saved. The church is for the redeemed. So get them saved, bring them in. Now, if someone who's unsaved comes in, that's great. I have no issue with that. 
But it's not the pastor's job to get them saved. It's yours as the congregation. It's yours as believers. We need to be sharing the word with people. Remember the text I sent out yesterday? Listen to the word. Listen and he will guide you. The Holy Spirit speaks words of comfort and assurance to new converts. Hallelujah to that. For those of you that were recently saved in the last year or two, what a comfort it was when the Holy Spirit said, hey, meet Jesus. You're now a son or a daughter of the Most High God. It is the plan of the Father God to communicate the new relationship that follows faith to each believer. Mm. The Holy Spirit comes to speak words of encouragement and provide assistance for living the Christian life when we become a believer. God does not want us to attempt to live the Christian life in human strength alone. It doesn't work. Some of us have tried it, haven't we? We can do that. Mm, doesn't work. Try preaching without the Holy Spirit guiding you on what to preach. Really doesn't work. There's plenty of churches you can go and see that this morning if you want. The Holy Spirit provides the power that is needed to overcome evil and to reap the harvest of the Spirit. We are here to overcome evil. You know the gates of hell shall not prevail? Those gates are there to keep us out. Keep us from going in and taking people out of there. It's not to keep people in. We need to start seeing souls saved and it's up to us. We have the power to overcome evil. The Holy Spirit will also speak to those who are saved already about the needs of those who do not, do not yet know Christ as their saviour. We all have unsaved friends, don't we? If we don't, we need to start widening our circle. If we only hang around Christians, that's a pretty dangerous mix as well. We need to start broadening our horizons a little bit. I love working with Billy Graham Association. My biggest challenge is I speak to pastors every single day. That's a good thing, but I miss out on the people that are unsaved. The Holy Spirit will seek to enlist us in leading people to become believers in Christ. We've been talking about the special forces, haven't we? We're not just the regular army. We're not just enlisted, but we have a purpose and a plan. And as warriors, not just soldiers, we'll think outside the box and get the job done no matter what. Our third thing, I'm going over a little bit here, but that's okay. We need to listen to the Holy Spirit because of His divine power. Is it our divine power? It's His divine power. Only the Holy Spirit of God has the power to produce the miracle of the new birth in a believer. As I said before, we don't do it. He does it. The Holy Spirit has the divine power to enable us to develop a Christian disposition and character. We, you can be as anointed as you want, but if you don't have the character to carry that anointing, 
you're not going to go very far in your walk. We are called to be Christ-like. When we, ha- when we stand in front of the mirror, brushing our teeth of the morning, we should see Jesus looking back at us because that's what the world should be seeing. He begins His good work within us at the moment of conversion. We don't have to wait. We don't have to say, God, I accept you. Thank you, Jesus, Lord and Saviour. Now I'm just going to hang out for another five years before I receive the Holy Spirit. That's not how it works. He begins His work within us, the moment of conversion, and will continue His work of seeking to produce within us the very character of Jesus Christ throughout our lives. It's an ongoing process from day one all the way through till we graduate to heaven. Give me more, Spirit. Give me, no, it's already in you. Let it out. Release the glory. The Holy Spirit's been given to us to assure us of our victory over death and the grave. I'll say that again because I really would have expected an amen or something then. The Holy Spirit's been given to us to assure us of our victory over death and the grave. Good preaching, Gary. That's awesome. We are assured victory. The Holy Spirit assures us victory. I pray that I see you all in heaven. The indwelling gift of the Holy Spirit is God's guarantee that one day we will have complete victory over death and the grave. We shouldn't fear death. We should, I, I said a few weeks ago, if something happens to me and my race is run, don't try and bring me back. I mean, if you know my race isn't done, absolutely raise me from the dead. But if my race is done, don't, because I'll be really cranky. When I get back, I'll be asking you questions. But my race isn't done. I've got at least another 30, maybe 40 years. But you know what? Jesus will be back before that. He's going to be back well before that. So if we've got 30 or 40 years worth of work to do, and potentially only two or three years to do it, we better get busy, church. Notice I said potentially. You like that? I'm going to finish up here. We got a little bit more worship, Pastor Amanda, after this? Because I'm going to I'm going to break some things off a couple of people this morning. There's a couple of people I really wanted to be here, but they're not. We need to listen to the Holy Spirit now. He invites you to receive Christ today. And I'm talking to the church there. He invites you to receive Christ today. Nowhere in all of God's Word, nowhere in this, will you find an encouragement to believe in Christ for the forgiveness of sin and the gift of the new life tomorrow. Nowhere. Nowhere will you find it and be encouraged to believe in forgiveness tomorrow. 
It's for today. It's for today. If the Holy Spirit asks you to pray for someone, do it today. Don't write a list and say, oh, well, I only pray on Friday and wait. Don't, don't do what a lot of ministers do and say, well, well I can't do it Monday because that's my day off. And uh, actually, I have Fridays off as well, so I can't pray on those days. And I say that jokingly, but you know what? It's actually true in this city. It's really sad. Can't do anything holy. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day. Today is the day that God wants to forgive your sins, whether you're saved or unsaved. We're not like the Catholics where we have to go to confession. Just confess them to him yourself. Today is the day God wants you to become his child. And I'm talking to believers there. Today is the day that Christ wants to give you the gift of eternal life. Again, I'm talking to believers. And today is the day the peace of God can be yours if you want it. the end of this year, I know that there are many individuals, many people that are struggling with their past.